What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Uh, joined with Jimmy Dean from Jimmy Tarps. And uh, man, Jimmy's such a cool guy, has so much experience in the backwoods, uh, basically just backcountry hunting since the 70s. And the guy is an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to what gear you may need what gear you may not, what to leave in the truck, and uh, also on food prep and uh, how to get your pack lighter and stay longer. I mean, I think in the episode he talked about um, hunting for five days off of his back and his pack is only like 30 pounds. And uh, so he's really got it down to the science or grams and uh, really excited to bring this one to you, especially for guys like me that are wanting to learn what they need to go backcountry hunting for the first time and stay back there for a few days. That's going to be something that I'm going to be doing this year and uh, really look forward to learning more from Jimmy. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, be sure to look Jimmy up and uh, we'll see you at the end. Bye. I want to start off with it with an introduction because uh, your name is Jimmy Dean. Yep. And I know you probably dealt with that your whole life. <laughs> say, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Dean. Because <laughs> I know when I first met you, I was like, is this guy yanking my arm? <laughs> I, oh, I know. Yeah. Why, why do my parents do that, huh? <laughs> uh, but go ahead and give yourself an intro, man, because uh, I, I want guys to understand, you know, give them a little bit about your experience and what you do. Yeah. Well, hey, my name is uh, Jim Dean. I, uh, Founded Jimmy Tarps. Um, I've been, uh, you know, bow hunting basically all my life since I was, you know, shoot, 16, 17 years old. Um, I'm one of the old guys around, um, but uh, I still love getting out there and uh, just, you know, and I, I hunt the entire season in the backcountry. I don't do any hunting unless it's a wilderness area. I just love packing in. I love doing it the hard way. And I, you know, I work my butt off year round to stay in the shape. So I can do that. So, you know, that's just kind of what I do, you know? So when did you, uh, and I'm not sure if we're gonna be able to use it again. So we'll go over some of this other stuff that we uh, kind of covered yeah. real quick is how, how long have you been doing this? For the um, stuff? Yeah. Like, like we talked earlier, you know, since the late seventies, probably to early eighties hmm. in there. Yeah. And you know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not one of those guys that, uh, you know, I, I, it's funny you see some of these guys, you know, some of the famous guys even, you know, that they still hold on to the old equipment and stuff, you know, and I'm not one of those, man. I love technology, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just constantly buying something new and, uh, and just, just love the new gear and, you know, any, anything lighter, better, you know, and I'm, I'm on it. I, you know, I, I subscribe to backpacker magazine just for that. You know, I, just because the backpackers usually get the, the gear first, you know, as far as technology wise. And I've heard about you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. New, you know, the newer stoves, you know, and you know, I, I really love the editor's choice editions when they do that, you know, when they give, give the editor's choice awards. Cause I really look at that stuff closer, you know, and, yeah. Well, I, I would really be curious, and we went into this, I kind of want to cover it again because it was a really good um, part of the conversation you brought up is the gear that's contrasted. You said you you still have some guys that are keeping some of the old gear. How much has the gear changed from starting back in the 70s to now, and what would be the weight difference from you going back in there from from all the all the updates and the technology? Yeah, like I said, you know, early on, it was, it was my typical pack weight was, you know, I'd 62 pounds, 64, 66 pounds, somewhere in there. 
Um, and I, you know, backed in the pack of choice for the guys that did do the backcountry hunting was the Kelty Tioga because it could handle some weight. Mm-hmm. wasn't the lightest thing in the world, but it could handle some serious weight, you know. And uh, so we'd, we'd go with that. Um, you know, tents, uh, the Kelty, uh, the, the Timberline was probably the most popular, um, you know, the Timberline 2 with the four, the four season version. Mm-hmm. Um, the stoves, we would use either the, uh, the Savea 123 was the most popular one. And, you know, it, it had its own issues in itself, but it, it was solid. It worked good. It weighed a ton, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Back then, we didn't know any better, so. <laughs> that's what we used you know and like i was telling you the the mats there was no such thing as an inflatable mat back then it was a, you know just a five eighths or i think it was five eighths thick insulite mats that we'd use you know which would get re- you know really hard after four or five days in a you know tent man those things i don't i don't know how guys sleep on those anymore you know with the comfort mats we have now but anyway you know i mean that was all we had back then and what we would do you know if, if we a lot of times we'd be hunting high elevation where we you know get some snow and stuff and the popular thing to do and the reason we would use four season tents is um back then you could have little panels on them that you could zip close or zip open so mm-hmm. you'd zip one of those you'd zip one of those panels part way open and we use those yuko little candle lanterns hmm. and believe it or not in a four season tent where that thing's pretty much closed down those things would heat up a tent really nice <laughs> really yeah, and that's how we would stay warm, you know, and you climb in there and yep, get to crank that little candle up and you know, hour later you're fairly toasty and That's pretty cool. You know, cuz half the time you're wet from, you know, your cotton clothing and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 really to my knowledge the first backcountry pack that came out, you know, was probably I'm, I'm sure Kaifaru was out well before then, but we it really wasn't on our radar because at that time, we didn't have podcasts. We didn't have, you know, it just wasn't well known yet, you know. But, you know, Dwight Shue and Larry Jones, you know, Dwight Shue came out with his backcountry pack system that had the flexible, I think it was a Coleman frame they used. It was, I don't know what the material was, kind of a plasticky material. And he came out with two versions of that. And one was a mega pack, and I can't remember the name of the other ones. And, oh, man, we were frothing at the bit to get those. And, <laughs> Uh, and, the, and the funny, the funny thing about him, a little side story, a buddy of mine shot a uh, spike, spike bull down in the wilderness and all th- there's four of us and three of the four of us had uh, those white shoe packs. The other guy had the old Kelty Tioga and I'll never forget strapping an elk quarter onto that pack. It was not a fun thing because, you know, I was all thrilled to do it. Like, Oh, we got the latest, you know, white shoe pack and we, <laughs> Strap an elk quarter on that thing and it bent around that elk quarter just like it was, you know, molded to it. And we're like, uh, <laughs> really? that, that can't be good, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they didn't pack weight all that well just because they were a little too flexible. In fact, if they got hot in the sun, they kind of bend and, you know. Uh-oh. But yeah, but I mean, that's, yeah, this is how the equipment we had back in those days. And it just, you know, compared so, to now, you know, it was crazy, you know. What do you, uh, where are you using for a pack now? Just, just curious. Well, I have, I have, well, right behind me, I have, I have the 2018, uh, XO, you know, the latest version with the thicker shoulder pads, thicker waist belt. And I freaking, I have the 5,500. I love that. And then next to it, I have my old standby favorite of all time is uh Kafaru, uh, Timberline two. Okay. So, yeah. And I have, I have them, I have them each set up totally differently. My XO is my ultralight pack. So if I, if I take the XO, I'm basically running, uh, Early season, I'll run a Western Mountaineering summer light bag, and when it 
usually run that for the first two weeks after that i'll switch to a western mountaineering ultralight bag if i have my kaifaru bag i use that more for wet weather i have a, a synthetic slick bag you know which is more and then i have the kaifaru lost park parka you know so it's that, that's the pack i'd take and I, then i have a, a wooby also to supplement uh if it really gets cold i can put you know that on top of wrap that around my uh, slick bag hmm. so i'm all kaifaru'd out i have just you know every i just love you know, Patrick and Kaifaru. So I have basically all Kaifaru in that back. And uh, so it just depends on my hunt. You know, like if I'm doing blacktail, something like that, where I, you know, I know I'm going to be wetter weather, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Kaifaru system, the synthetic, you know. But, you know, like last year when we were high elevation, 8,000 foot mule deer hunting and, you know, we're packed in seven miles. Man, I was running at, you know, the light. I had the, you know, I was a weight counting weenie then, you know. And I think for, we were doing five day we were doing five days at a time and then we'd come down, sw- move around another trailhead, go back in for another five. So I think my pack wit was averaging. I was right at 30 for five days. That seems really light. Well, that's where I wanted to be though. I was actually wanting to stay in the twenties, but you know, I mean, and I was actually, believe it or not, that was even with the camp chair. I, I run that little, uh, one pound, uh, heel <laughs> chair. Really? Yeah. So that was with the chair too. Without the chair, I could have been, I think 29, but, uh, so yeah, I like a little bit of comfort. That's a big reason I wanted to get you on the show is because for somebody that's looking, I've always hiked in, hunted the wilderness. Um, you know, starting about six years ago, we started doing that, or five years, yeah, about six years ago, we started hunting wilderness more. And but we always hike out. Um, so somebody that is wanting to start to go do these things and start getting into staying overnight, maybe two or three days, and just working, you know, their endurance up out out in the woods. Um, how do you get down to 30 pounds? Cause I walk around my day pack. It's like 35 pounds. You know, honestly, once you get in that mindset, it's not that hard and it doesn't have to be all that expensive. Now, I, you know, frankly, my stuff is because over the years I've just honed it up and up and up to where, you know, I've just finally said, you know, okay, screw it. I'm going to buy the best bag on the planet, you know? And so, you know, that's why I went with both the Western mountain area and I just love those bags, you know, but I mean, prior to that you know you can you can get in if you really do your homework put it on a spreadsheet you know you can get you know some economy bags you know that from you know either rei or other brands that are you know fairly lightweight you know they may not be in the one pound four ounces like my summer light is but they're going to be you know two pounds two pounds two or three Hmm. you know you can the stove system isn't you know you know that much different you know i mean there's really you know, stoves are a whole different uh, topic. I could do a whole freaking podcast on stoves because I've <laughs> literally used everything made, you know, and I'm, I'm still back to my original, you know, I think the, uh, the jet boil sole, you know, they don't make anymore that, you know, that thing is like nine ounces. They, they claim it's eight, but you know, the Thai version, but it's actually closer to nine. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they came out, you know, now the new line is they have these called the flash is a flash series, but they have a flash light, which is 10 ounces. And it's basically a, a soul is what it is. It's just really not much different, but they did redesign the burner and that thing, you know, I mean, you know, it's hundred bucks and shoot, it's a great stove, you know? And hmm. so, I mean, you know, some of the stuff, if you really put a spreadsheet out and do your homework, you can get into, you know, reasonably get into this stuff, you know, and be, you know, as ultralight as, you know, I am, um, you know, and, and one thing I don't do, and I've, I've went this route and it, <laughs> it's not a good route to go. 
you can't script on Packwake. I've learned that the hard way. You know, I mean, I've got caught in those scenarios. I went with some of the really, really ultralight packs, you know, like I've had the back, I don't know if you probably don't even remember the, when Kai Farrer had the ultralight series. Mm-mm. Yeah, they used to, they made a, they had an ultralight 5,200 cubic inch pack that weighed under three pounds. It was capable of hauling a hundred pounds. But the problem was it has the had the same material, their rhino skin that they use on their slick bags and they use on their tarps. So I mean the thing inside of it was like, holy cow, you're talking about slippery. You know, I think it just didn't didn't do well, you know, and, and it would haul weight pretty decent, but it you know, I don't think it's up to their claims. Sixty to seventy is probably maxed with it, but you know, so I learned the hard way on those, okay, you know, so I, I don't pay much that much attention to pack weight. I think you know, a, a pack is dang important, you know, whether, in my opinion, you know, if you're using, you know, if you use either a Taifaru, XO, or Stone Glacier, mm-hmm. and your pack weight is under seven pounds, that's, you know, that's fine. Where I try to drop the weight is everything else. And a lot of it is, is just honing your equipment to where I, you know, it, it's funny. I, I have this friend and I shouldn't rat him out, but he's hilarious. <laughs> and this, this, this guy has hunted with me since the, literally since the seventies. I've, you know, I mean, I've known him forever. And so this last year, you know, we, we'd already, we went on one of our five day trips. We we're on, and then week two, we had moved around to a different trailhead and my son-in-law came in and we're all at the trailhead. We're packing up. And I, I, I won't say his name as he might listen to this, but he'll know. But anyway, I'm looking at him and his, he had, has a Kaifara packing 7,000 cubic inch. That thing was freaking crampful. Hmm. And he puts that on and I was like, oh my God, what in the heck do you have in that thing? He's like, well, I don't, I don't know. And I was like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right here and there, I go, I, you know, I took my pack <laughs> off and my son-in-law took it off. Okay, dump that thing out. And we literally dropped 15 pounds out of that thing. I mean, I could not believe the crap he was putting in there. He's like one of these guys that, you know, I've done this two or three times with him. I did it the year before turkey hunting. I did the exact same thing on the tailgate. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, what? We're going for like four days watching this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he's just one of those that he just seems to, you know, year to years, you know, it's totally just a new year for him. He's like, pile new stuff in there, you know, and <laughs> he just can't, can't do minimal, you know? And it's like, well, I've you, talked you know, to guys that they use a smaller pack because they're too tempted to just cram it full. If there's extra space in there, they're going to use it. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I used to be that way, but now I've, I've tapered myself off of that because I honestly, I actually like a bigger pack. And, you know, I could easily fit, believe it, I, I have the, the 2000 bag for the XO also. I can, I can do a five day hunt out of that 2000 bag. I do have to have one little, have one item on the outside and that is it, which is my bivy sack and my, uh, air mattress in there. Other than that, I can do five days with everything inside the pack. That's crazy. Out of, out of that 2000. But you know, I, I like to carry, in my opinion, I like a bigger pack because you know, if we get something down and we we're going to end up taking camp, and meat that's where i like that space that's interesting because i have the 5500 just like you do and i'm thinking like why wouldn't guys go with a bigger pack because if you you can't make a smaller pack bigger i mean really but you can make yeah those things fold like i don't i I just getting that small of a pack doesn't really make sense to me but no 
Um, now, in in, re- in reality, yes, we can, We all know that with XO and Kaifari, you can split the frame in the bag and you can haul the meat, you know, which is great right on the uh-huh. closer to your body as possible. The problem with that is then you still all got the, you still got, you know, let's say 30 pounds of camp weight or more like 40 for most people mm-hmm. that's in that pack and that's shifted behind you a little bit. And if you've carried meat like that, it's not that great where in my opinion, and, and honestly, this is how if you, you listen to Aaron Snyder, this is how he does it too. You know, I have my camp in the bag and I'll have, you know, enough room. I'll just put that, you know, deboned meat core, let's say, right on top of that. And it's usually will fit right in that extension collar, cinch that puppy down. And that's where you want that weight up high like that. And it's still right close to you, you know. That's interesting. Man, you're, you're good to go. Yeah, because I've been using this pack and um, I have had it for a little while, you know, two seasons now. And the I've, I've hauled meat in the actual bag itself every time i don't know how many animals we've hauled out i've i, I put that thing to use this last couple of years bears and everything and i've always hauled meat out in the bag but this year i'm like my dad killed one in idaho a mule deer in idaho and i'm like i'm gonna use it correctly this time <laughs> and uh i i don't know if i actually liked it you know i i think yeah. I, like, yeah. I think i actually liked having the weight in the bag more than against the pack frame uh, well, you know, it, it, because if it's in the pack frame, it's, it's honestly, it's hard to get it up high enough where it really needs to be, you know, it, I mean, as, as, as you know, you know, it needs to be, you know, in that lumbar area and above, you know, up in your thoracic and, you know, up in there is where you want it. And so if you have your camp in there, it's putting it up nice and high then, you know, and that's man, it feels way, way better, you know, it, for sure. And, and I've never had a problem with my hips until this year, packing out that mule deer. Have you ever had a problems hauling a lot of weight and then you start feeling it in your hips or is that just something that I'm doing with a, a adjustment? No, no. I, I think it's probably adjustment. I've had it with, I had, I, I packed out a, uh, a few years ago, like five, actually a six by seven that I had shot and it was a big bull. Um, and it was, you know, off trail and just freaking down timber up the wazoo. And that thing about freaking killed my hips. But again, it was a different pack. It wasn't a, one of the top three packs. And, you know, after that, I was like, man, that, that thing went fast. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I'm like, yeah, I've never had hip problems like this before. And it was like really bothering me. I was like, cause we were only like five or six miles in and, uh, probably only had about, I don't know, 80 pounds, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, that, well, I say that and that's, you know, to me, I'm not one of these guys that I, you know, I can hike 200 pounds. I'm like, that's a lot of weight. 80 pounds is a lot of weight. You don't walk around 80 pounds on your back all day long, you know? Well, and, in my, here's, here's my take on this. I, you know, it, it could have been the pack here because I, so I've had every version of XO since the, you know, inception and, you know, and uh, Steve's a great guy and boy, they've done some good improvements, but if you're talking the 2016 model pack, is that what about what you have? Um, I think it's probably a 20. Yeah, it'd be maybe as a yeah. 2017 because it was later in the year. It could have been one of the newer models. I thought it was the K2. Um, right. Yeah, it is the K2. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. I have that version also, and it's actually I gave it to my daughter, and I I, I ran into the same thing. I packed a, a bull out for my son-in-law, and it was the same thing off trail and down timber, hmm. and. Uh, man i so i had a hindquarter in you know deboned mm-hmm. and then i i we wanted we were trying to do a one tripper so i threw a front shoulder in 
And uh, I got like halfway and I was like, man, I had to stop him. I was like, David, I like this freaking front shoulder's got to come out. This pack is freaking killing me, you know? And I, it was, it was weird. The same thing it was hurt. It was just pushing on my hips and it was pushing down on my back when I was going over that so much down timber. But I got that front shoulder out and then with the hind quarter, I'm just like, God, this is great. What's just this, you know, it's just something about that. And I, I was probably just like at that weight you were at, they probably 80 to 90 with that front shoulder. And back when it was back out, it was like maybe 70, you know, mm-hmm. and then it, it was great. And I, I think what the difference is, you know, when, and that's why when I, you know, at, at the Northwest mountain challenge, when I talked to Steve and saw what he did in the 2018 version, those changes, I'm like, Holy cow, I, I got to upgrade. Cause you know, that thicker waist belt, you know, it's wider and thicker and the thicker, um, shoulder straps just made one heck of a difference in that pack mm. so the it k2 is, compared to the newer ones they don't they don't have the thicker stuff the padding no he just did that that last latest upgrade was the 2018 version and that was the the thicker padding and the way it was, he actually changed the type of padding in the waist belt okay and thicker padding in the shoulder straps also the, the shoulder straps are white, a little bit wider and thicker than the the other K two version. Interesting. You could put them, you could, yeah, if I still had a, a camera going here, I could put that other one side by side, and it'd blow you away just looking at the difference. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I have mean, him out here on noticeable. the 15th, and um, and you I'll know, just... you could pro- you could probably just upgrade the the waist belt and shoulder straps and just go that route, and you'd have the same version. Then that's yeah. all the, the only changes besides the bag. You know, the bag is different, but. Perfect. Well, I, I would, I'm dying to hear what's in a guy's pack that can go 30, 30 pounds for five days. And, and I know that there's going to be a lot of wisdom in there because you don't, you do your own food too. Yes. Yeah. And I, for the guys um, I've talked to so far, like South starts doing his own food and the guys that have done it for a lot of years, they all start doing their own food at some point. Um, yeah. What's, if you want to feel good back there, you have to, because I mean, once you get, the, the food thing dialed you know you feel so dang good out there i mean i was so every night i'd look forward you know i'd look forward to dinner just like oh my god you know tonight's taco <laughs> soup or you know or whatever and yeah it's just like you know, it's just like eating at home and hmm. but yeah um, it's it's not like i say it's not that hard to start you know to do that ultralight thing and get that pack weight you know down to where you need to be you know i mean it's really not you know and it's just a matter of, you know, every, you have to take everything and kind of compartmentalize it down, you know, like your, your water system, you know, you have to think, okay, what's the most reliable, what's the fastest, what's the lightest system that I can go with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, if you're using the double bag system, well, to me, that's, I don't get that, you know, I mean, to me, the lightest system is a squeeze mini, hmm. you know, and some, and some of the two liter squeeze bags, you know. I mean, that's basically, I carry, you know, like I'll carry a, if, if, if I'm carrying, I, I have two different systems. So on my Kaifaru pack, I run a, uh, Nalgene bottle. Mm-hmm. And if, if I need extra water for that one in the side pockets of my Timberline, I have two of the one liter squeeze bags, the lightweight ones. So that way, if, if like I, I'm using that spring bear hunting for say, and I want to, you know, I'm up in an area where there's not much water, which is typically no water up high spring bear honey mm-hmm. you know so then i'm going to have the uh one liter nalgene and i'll fill up the both of the one liter um squeeze bags and have those on each side so then i'm carrying three liters you know 
Okay. But if, if I'm doing like, uh, this last year where I was, you know, archery hunting again, we were high elevation, but, um, you know, it's hot weather and I'm drinking a freaking ton of water. You know, I wanted the three liter, um, you know, obviously the hydration bladder sides, so I was using a, I think it's a hydro pack. And then for my, uh, water supply thing or my filtration, I was using a squeeze mini and then I carry two of the two liter, um, squeeze bags, you know, and I would usually leave those one, at least one of those at camp, the camp water. I might have one with me empty. And if I'm hit water on the way back to camp, I'd fill it. So I, you know, always kind of replenishing camp. Hmm. And to me, you know, that's the lightest system there is. And it's, it's pretty much full to proof. I've used the minis for several years. I've never had one plug, you know, and you know, I, I always carry In fact I had at the, another important thing let's go back to too. It's, not you know when you're doing this backcountry thing it's not only important to have the gear you need it's important to have backup gear at the trailhead okay i I have a i have a couple tubs at the trailhead and i have a uh also i have a extra clothing when i come back for those five days if if needed i have you know i always have an extra stove i have an extra pad i have a second sleeping bag i have an entire camp back at the trailhead and i do that for several reasons not only can i switch out and tune to temperatures but if we happen to be packing meat, you know, late at night, we get back to the trailhead. It's, you know, one in the morning, we're just dead dog tired. You know, we can sleep at the trailhead. We have all the gear we need, including food, stoves, everything. We can stay there, get up the next morning and, you know, pack back in and get more meat. That's a really good but, idea. But you also have, you know, gear in case something breaks, you know, and you never know, you know, probably your most likely item to break down is your pad, your sleeping pad. Hmm. You know, which believe it or not, all of these years, I have never, ever had a pad failure until this last year. <laughs> and it totally shafted me. And it was an exped winter light and it was a $200 down version. I mean, it was, this pad at the time, and they still make them, you know, they'd only been out. This is the second year they've been out. This pad was the lightest pad on the market for the R value. It has an R value of 7.2 and the pad weighed like 18 ounces. I mean, it was a bomb. It was so freaking comfortable. And I'm, I, I just crawled into my bag at night and I'm laying there and I rolled in my side and I, I just toss and turn a lot and I heard a boom and I was pretty, and I'm on the ground. I'm like, what the heck just happened? And I reach over, you know, and I could feel the pad still got air and I'm like, what the heck? Well, it has those vertical chambers and it blew the weld in the center one. Oh. So I had a big freaking bubble. And I'm trying to balance on that all night long. I, you know, I'd have to work myself back up on that, you know, and then it, if I get, I kind of teeter on it. If I go to one side or the other, I'd roll off. And so, you know, halfway during the night I go, okay, this sucks. I'm going to let some of the air out and try that. Mm-hmm. Well, then I got, I did that and I got cold. It was one of the nights we had, it was down to, you know, 16 or 17 at night. It was cold. So I had a, you know, a rough night, but I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and I, ne- I've used Exped, you know, like the Synmap hyperlight for you know eight nine years never ever had one fail until then and i got home and i you know as soon as i got home man i was reaming them out on the phone you know and they, they were really you know i, I got to hand them to the customer service they not only sent me a new one they sent me a free pillow you know as i told them that i've used your pads for like 10 years never had a failure but this was bad timing because i'm several miles in and you know and it was cold <laughs> yeah yeah no i bet so for for a guy that wants to put maybe together a gear list here, um, what what are you suggesting to start off with, and how does a guy start getting into this? 
Well, again, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, you take whatever you have, you know, whether you, you know, most guys are going to start out, they're going to be either using a, like a Badlands Summit or a, one of the Everly stock packs, you know, and those are, you know, good ones to start with. You can, you know, get by with those for several years. You know, you can look at your, your sleep systems and, you know, and use the sales a lot, you know, like REI, when they have their 20% off coupons, man, that's when you want to shop or, you know, hang out in the outlet a lot and look at the discounted stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get a darn good sleeping bag, like, uh, you know, Mountain Hardware makes that lamina series and they make a 20 degree bag and I've seen it on sale at REI and it's like 134. That's you know, and it might be a little heavy, but it's a solid 20 degree bag. It weighs like two pounds, eight or nine ounces. But again, you know, you're at that price point, you know, get that. Um, you can go with uh, another one is the REI flash series pad. They just redesigned that this last year. And it's more looks, looks more like the sea to summit with the little individual dot type things, you know, the squares. And that actually is a really comfortable pad and they make an all season pad now, you know, and it's like 129. So that's, you know, way cheaper than a, $200 expense or whatever. And, you know, so you can start, you can get that. And then, you know, so now you've got your pad, you got your mattress, you're fairly lightweight, you know, you get a, you know, a jet boil stove or whatever stove you decide on, you know, and now you got your stove and it's just a matter the next thing, you know, it's just a matter of what, what you put in it. That's the most important thing is what gear you're going to put in as far as clothing, that type of stuff, you know, and right. cause you've got your, you've got your essentials and what you're going to do for, you know, tarp versus tent. And, you know, obviously, you know, I'm a tarp guy, you know, um, but, you know, just, you know, tarps have limitations just like anything does. And, you know, it's, it's all about weather, time of year, all that, you know, I mean, you know, what I typically last year, what I did early season is I was uh, taking a, a six by nine and a bivy sack. And I was a you know, happy camper in that if, you know, i I know how to set it up. If the weather gets really bad, I can put it, you know, set it up low in A-frame mode and I can, you know, I can pretty much handle any kind of storm in that. And I've been, been there several times and, and, you know, that, that whole setup, you're looking at a bivy sack at six ounces and, uh, you know, a six by nine tarp at seven and a half ounces. So your, you know, your weight is down to nothing, you know, that's crazy. crazy. And, you know, and that, that's what I, I like to do, you know, early season or something like that. Usually like the first week or two, I think last year I ended up using, I was using that for like two weeks and then I switched out the six by nine for one of our granites, which is, a, you know, has a door and all that a little, it weighs 14 ounces, a little heavier, but a little more protection. And, and, and then also, you know, it's hard for me to go over the shelter thing because I, I usually have three or four or five prototypes in my rig. <laughs> and so I'll, a lot of times I'll trade those out and test those prototypes purposely put them up on ridges, you know, and, and mm-hmm. just, you know, test them out and do that. So I, I do that a lot, but, um, you know, uh, it's the hardest, you know, the biggest thing for a, a, a new hunter is, you know, you've got to decide whether you're going to go a tent versus a uh, tarp. If you're going to go a tent, you know, there's some, you know, in today's world, there's some great tents out there, you know, that it's just like with the sleeping bag thing, you know, yeah. If you want a, two pound tent you're gonna you know like a big agnes fly creek the high volume one you know that yeah you got to pay 300 bucks for it or so you know mm-hmm. but you can get a you know an rei passage or whatever that's you know on sale for 134 bucks it might be three pounds or three and a half pounds you know and which is what that's what you can afford go with that but you know the the biggest thing i see is you don't have to have the lightest gear 
but you have to be smart about what you put in your pack. And that's where I see guys make mistakes. You know, I mean, I, I, the crap that I see guys put in that they are never in this planet going to use like a hatchet or like a, uh, the, the little saws that, you know, they have the chain, they like, they look like a, a, oh, a chain yeah, for a chain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff like that that's heavy or, you know, like a, a buddy of mine once, you know, we dumped his pack out. We're up, we were spiked out up at like 7,000 foot and, you know, his pack looked heavy. So we dumped it out on the ground, my buddies and I did. And he had, we, he had three knives in there, you know, we're like, <laughs> okay, tell us why you need three of these suckers, you know, <laughs> plus you have a pocket knife. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that you have a folding easy. knife, we can see that. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it's things like that that you have to, get that list dialed to where you just like, okay, I do not need this many of this, you know, and you just kind of, that's how you do it. And probably the biggest step everybody has to take. And the most important one is when you start doing this track, buy a freaking scale. Hmm. Yeah. I, I literally have one. It's, it's right to the right of me right now. I can touch it. And I, I use that scale darn near every day. You're just talking like a scale am, you'd stand on. A kitchen, no, a kitchen scale, because you want something that well, is going to weigh in not only ounces, but you want the grams oh, I or see. grains, whatever it weighs. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you do is, it's funny, you're going to start off by cutting pounds and then you're going to get to the point you're going to say, okay, I don't think I can go any lower, but you can. You want to convert into ounces and because, you know, you'll say, it's crazy. You know, I, I get down to even in my mind having an argument with myself on what spoon I'm going to carry. Really? You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Because you know, one might weigh 12 grams and the next one is 14, but I like the one that's 14 better, but I just, I have to push myself. I'm like, no, because I know that, <laughs> you know, those, those become ounces, ounces become pounds. And you know, that's how you shave that down to where you've got that crazy, you know, the, the sub 30 pound weight, you know, for that yeah. amount of time, you know, how and, much you know, of and, that weight do you think is food? And, and water. Um, I figure food at about a pound and a quarter for me a day to, to a pound and a half. And again, I'm, you know, no, I'm a smaller guy. I'm like five, seven, one fifty. My son-in-law who is six, two, you know, for instance, like when we make food, I've got our, I'll, I'll weigh out each portion for our dinners and stuff. And I'll take, I like, you know, for a, like Heather's choice dinner, I think it's five ounces. Mm -hmm. And that is the amount I like to eat. I, that's where I'm absolutely stuffed. You know, I could eat more, but yet that's just the right amount for me is that five ounce range. Mm -hmm. Now my son-in-law, you know, I, I made all of our food last year and, you know, I, I, I'd lay some over on his area too. And he was saying when we we're up in camp, you know, he was like, man, I could eat a little bit more, you know, next year, why don't you put mine at like six or six and a half, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, mm -hmm. so everybody's going to need to individually dial it to themselves, you know, but I mean, the food thing is all pretty simple, you know, I mean, for, for me, you know, there's several ways you can do breakfast and there's, you know, a lot of variations on that. You can, you know, you can go instant oatmeal, which is great. The Quaker instant oatmeal guys, a lot of guys do pop tarts. A lot of guys do breakfast biscuits, you know, or another good one is bagels and cream cheese or bagels and peanut butter or whatever you want to put on it, you know. Mm. And for me, I kind of time that for time of year, like spring bear hunt, you know, I, you know, when it's cold like that, you know, especially early season spring bear hunt, you know, I'm taking this in oatmeal because I want that, I want that warm meal, you know, before mm -hmm. I go out there and the 
blizzard winds, you know, blowing snow across there, you know, on those ridges. So, you know, I want that. And same with late season, I'll do the instant oatmeal. Now, during elk season, no way, because <laughs> I wake up, I want out of camp, man. I cannot, if that sun's coming up, I cannot stand to take the time to eat that. You know, I'm just like, man, it just drives me crazy. Um, I get up and I want to go. So typically what I do for myself for elk season is I'll either do a pop tart or I do the, like the Belveda breakfast biscuits. And then I'll do, you know, a, obviously coffee every morning. I'm a big coffee guy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, we'll do, I'll do that. Get going. Um, you know, I typically ask my, my breakfast, I come back to camp. You know, I, I'll, I'll give myself three energy bars per day. Um, and then I'll come back to camp. You know, like I can say it, if, noon or whatever and uh, i'll have lunch and a lot of times what i do for lunch is it's a really simple lunch but i do granola and then i have it measured out in a like a quart ziploc bag Mm -hmm. and again i'll do five ounces of granola and then i have uh instant milk you know powdered milk in it the instant milk Mm -hmm. and so then all i have to do is add water stir it a little bit and i've got you know freaking fantastic granola and that figures up that that five ounces of granola with the instant milk. Of course, it depends on the brand of granola, um, but it usually figures up to about 550 to 600 calories, which is a, a good calorie lunch, you know? Hmm. So do you do any of the, any of the dehydration or dehydration stuff at your house or anything like that? No, I don't do any dehydrating um, at all. I don't have a way to do, I, I dehydrate. I don't do any freeze drying, you know, of course, so that's a lot more expensive of the system but yeah i do all of the you know i have a we have a two dehydrators and yeah we do all that here interesting because it just seems like if you're gonna get into that stuff because you're pouring stuff that like boiling water and then you're pouring it in something and then you're getting more out of that little packet than you were just it just makes sense when you're when you're adding water to stuff that you're going to get more for your money yeah well it, here's the thing you know i mean we you know and it's it's been said on a million podcasts you know about you know, mountain house, um, mm-hmm. you know, the high sodium content and you don't feel that good with it. Um, you know, and there's a lot of other options now there's, you know, some better brands out there, but still, you know, and you got to look at the cost of that too. So the meals now are, you know, eight bucks, yeah. unless you're looking at Heather's choice, they're 10, 15 bucks, you know, where, you know, here's, here's what I do a lot. I cheat a lot. My wife is an amazing cook. She is just, and she always makes a lot of food. So what I do, she'll make, you know, something like she make, she'll make a taco soup, which is just more like a chili, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, it's just freaking amazing. And she makes a ton of it. She'll make a ton of that and we'll eat it. I'll let it go two nights. At that second night, I'm asking her, I'm like, okay, you have any plans for that? Because if not, it's going down to the shop and I'm firing up the dehydrator, you know? (laughs) So I'll... I'll do that a lot. That's, that's kind of how I cheat. She cooks for me and doesn't know it, you know? And hmm. so, you know, I, I had uh, basically last year I had her, um, taco soup. I had her chicken fettuccine. I had her spaghetti. Hmm. Those were several I did. And then ones that we did here, um, you know, ones that I absolutely just love is, um, I'll take some of the Cracker Barrel brand of mac and cheese, mm-hmm. add elk burger to it, add a little bit extra cheese. You know, and I'll make that in the pot at home, taste it until I get it just where I want it, and then take it down to the dehydrator and dehydrate that. That dehydrate's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's a simple one. You got a freaking ton of protein with that mac and cheese, you know, and plus, you know, the burger in it and stuff. And that's just a real simple, good one. Yeah, making um, me hungry. My, 
<laughs> my all my all time favorite is um, biscuits and gravy. And it's like, oh my god, you can you can make some of the best biscuits and gravy for dirt cheap. I mean, all you got to do is if you go buy the uh, again the uh, Jimmy Dean brand <laughs> biscuits and gravy packet, you know, mm -hmm. the country or country gravy, and just look on the back; it has a recipe on there. You, you buy some of the Pillsbury Grand Round biscuits. You dehydrate those, and they dehydrate super fast. You cook them first, obviously. You cook them in the oven, pull them out, break them up into pieces, put them on the you know the trays, dehydrate them. It only takes like three hours to dehydrate those. So now you got your biscuits. Hmm. You take your you take your gravy that you have, and what we do is we mix it, you know, all in a. I make it in a big tub, and then I transfer it into bags. But basically, we'll take the quart bag, half a pack of the gravy mix in there. Then I'll take, I, I don't know if you've heard of Thrive before, the freeze-dried brand is basically you buy cans of different things of, mm -mm. of Thrive. So yeah, they're, they're one of the biggest in the U.S. So you can buy, you know, quarts or gallon-sized um, stuff from Thrive. And there's usually dealers around. And, and like in our area, there's a couple of dealers, plus some of the stores carry the Thrive also. Or you can go to Walmart and get some, you know, they also have the freeze-dried in the gallon cans. But Hmm. Anyway, the Thrive stuff. So you, there's certain things I buy from Thrive. I'll buy, I buy my instant milk from Thrive. I'll buy my, um, I buy sausage, crumbled sausage, and crumbled hamburger and Thrive from Thrive. I buy cheese and I buy usually their butter, powdered butter and and powdered eggs. Hmm. So anyway, back to our biscuits and gravy. We got our biscuits. We <laughs> take a half a pack, half a pack of gravy mix in that quart bag. You take a couple tablespoons of sausage put in there. You take a little bit of cheese put in there, a couple tablespoons of uh, the instant milk just to make it creamy. And then you add some of those uh, crumbled up biscuits into there. You know, close that thing down, roll the ear out of it, close it down and weigh it, you know, however you weight you want. Mm -hmm. And man, I'll tell you, when you rehydrate that thing, it is like freaking sitting in a restaurant. It is really? that good. Oh my God, it's to die for. <laughs> man, so and, this know, is all stuff I've been wanting to go over because I'm like, man. And this, this is something that probably, that, that meal right there probably costs under two bucks, probably buck fifty. And yeah. here's, here's another, another real quick one too is, and I, so, you know, again, if you can buy the stuff at Walmart, it's cheaper than buy and thrive. So I shop the, you know, the dehydrated section at Walmart a lot because they have the kind of like the prepper section with the freeze dried, you know, large yeah. quantities and stuff. <laughs> They make, I think it's eight bucks. I was looking uh, day before yesterday at Walmart for it. They make some shredded potatoes that are like eight sixty two for a gallon can of those things. Hmm. So you take those shredded potatoes and you put, you know, a few ounces in the bottom of the, again, a quart baggie. You put a half a pack of that mix, that country gravy mix in there. You add your, you know, a couple tablespoons of milk to make it creamy. Mm -hmm. You add this time with your Thrive, you add two tablespoons of, freeze-dried eggs and then you add your sausage in there and then some you know a little bit of cheddar cheese in there sprinkle you know throw some in there and holy cow and i, I call that one breakfast extravaganza because you've got you've got your mash you've got your hash browns you've got your sausage you've got your eggs and your gravy holy smokes you know it don't get much better than that in the backcountry on know? a budget too i mean that that yeah way cheaper than and that's just buying a pre-made 15 you're talking those those gravy packs are a buck you know, the Thrive is eight bucks, that gallon of eight, you know, for eight bucks will make, you know, 30, 20 or 30 probably servings, you know. Hmm. I mean, you're talking dirt cheap to do this and it's way better than any of the stuff you're going to buy 
And here's here's one that's even better, and I can't believe more guys don't do this one. <laughs> um, there's a brand called Teasdale, T-E-A-S-D-A-L-E, and they make a freeze-dried, refried beans. Hmm. And it's it's in it's in a little pack, and it's like a buck ninety for a pack. And that one little pack will make like four servings. And I literally have probably a Tupperware tub full of that. I probably have, I bet I close right now. I probably have thirty to forty packs because when Seriously. when they get it in the when they get it in the store, I buy them out. <laughs> you don't see it very often, you know. And I so when they get it locally, I'm, I'm I clean them out. So <laughs> what I do is so. I put that in the bottom of my quart baggie. I got my refried beans, right? Mm -hmm. Now I add in some of those crum hamburger crumbles in there, you know, a couple tablespoons of that. I add in some cheese. I'm freaking good to go. So then I roll that up. And in the in, I, then I take a gallon baggie, right? I have my quart baggie in the bottom. My gallon baggie has two corn taco shells and a pack of medium Taco Bell sauce. Mm. So I get to camp, I heat up, you know, you same thing, just like you do. Yeah. Dump your water in your, uh, you know, for your refried beans, those refried beans will come out perfect. You put them, you, you know, you take your spoon, you roll, put them on that taco shell. You put a little taco sauce. You got a freaking hamburger and bean and cheese burrito in camp. <laughs> That's as good as anything you'll eat. You know what I mean? It's just like, those are to die for, you know? I'm one but, of those so guys it, that it, food is food is great for morale. <laughs> oh God, yeah. You know. Well, you know, and so and, and so to finish my day out on what I take, you know, for lunch I'll do that. I, I typically will do that granola and milk, and then for like a little bit after lunch for an after lunch snack, we've started doing this. This is which is great. We I love those tuna packs that are out now, you know, the flavored ones. Mm -hmm. So and you know if you look at those, there's a ton of protein in those things. So what we like doing with those is again. We'll take a tuna pack and have two corn shells, tortilla shells with that. You spread that out on there and roll those up. And man, those are so good. You know, My and that's just kind of those. like a. Yeah, she eats those because of the keto diet. She, she likes the yeah. buffalo flavored ones. Oh, there's, there's They're like, good. you know. I don't know how many different flavors now. Yeah. My, my wife's always buying them for me. She just bought me some the other day. <laughs> I was like, you know, flavors. I just love all the flavors, you know, the, and yeah. so. Those are really good. And then, you know, for dinner, I'll do a, a traditional dinner, whether it's my taco soup or whatever, you know. But, I mean, mm -hmm. now I, I live like a freaking king out, king out there. And <laughs> for me, the difference is, and if I, if I reversed, you know, rewind, let's say, five years ago, how it would go in our camp is when back when we were on Mountain House, five or six years ago, when we were all on Mountain House, usually by day three or four, and I can't explain why, but for some reason, somebody in the group starts will start getting a craving for a hamburger. <laughs> then they, then they happen to mention it to everybody else, and then you're just—I mean, something about—I don't mm. know if we're not, you know, we're not something in those meals. We're not getting the nutrients we need because it does. It makes you crave certain foods, Interesting. You know, whether it's a a pizza or a hamburger or whatever. And literally, I I can't tell you how many times I I bet a dozen times we have literally we could care less how far we walked out. We leave our camp there and pack out and drive to wherever and get a freaking burger and a beer <laughs> and then hike back in, you know? I mean, I don't, just yeah. because something in our system is craving that. And ever since I have switched to that, 
you know, dehydrating, doing stuff ourselves. Yeah. I don't get those cravings anymore. So I have obviously a better balanced meals going, you know. Just listening to you talk, Jim, you need to come up with your own like little recipe book and start selling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, people have already done that and there, there's some really good ones out there, you know, and yeah. uh, in the backpacking world. So it's, it's all been done. And, you know, the backpacking chef has a good one. Um, you know, the one I use, I think I've got it right here is, um, what is it? Um, yeah, I, there's a book that's put out by a lady called uh, Sarah Kirkentral or something like that, I think is her name. And uh, anyway, she uh, she just makes some, has, she actually has two, it's, here's a book right here, it's called, her name is Sarah Kirkconnell. And she has a book, the one I have is called Trail Cooking, Trail Food Made Gourmet. And then she has a, another one out called Freezer Bag Cooking which is the same thing, but yeah, I, I just print off her. Uh, I have a probably 30 recipes that I printed off, you know, that if I, if I want something different, I'll just, you know, kind of thumb through those and, you know, have some that I've had it before, pick those, you know, and, hmm. and that was hers are, you know, tried and pressed and through and they're good. So huh. I was actually, uh, I actually bought my first, uh, I call it like a camp backcountry stove thing. It's a jet boil. And, uh, I bought that and I, like, I, don't, I forget what else I bought. It's like some sort of accessory with it. And I was stuck between that and, and the MSR. And then yeah. the, my buddy who owns the store, he's like, go with this one. It'll hold the flame in the wind better. And, and this one, you know, had, he had a few different reasons and he had experience with both, both of them. So did so. you go with the, you went with the MSR then or the jet? I went, with the, I went with the jet boil, um, yeah. off, of, off of his recommendation and, I just automatically thought, well, that's got to be the best one. That's the only one I've heard of. <laughs> well, no, you know, um, I, you know, the, the MSR used to be the wind boiler. Now it's the wind burner hmm. or vice versa. One of the two. Anyway, that is an amazing stove. The only issue I have with that stove is, you know, it doesn't have its own ignition. You so you have to have a lighter. Oh, okay. You know, so it's just a little more of a pain to light, but you know, my, my son-in-law uses that and my friend of mine uses it. It's, it does a lot better in high winds. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're, you know, spring bear hunting on, you know, 8,000 foot on a ridge and it's where it's always windy, you know, that yeah. that's important. Those, you know, those block the wind really well. However, you know, the, the jet boil is lighter by two or three, um, two or three ounces, depending on what version you get. I think the wind burner is like, 15 ounces so you're you know like a jet boil like the light version is 10 so you're saving some weight there and the biggest thing is they'll burn circles around that wind boiler as far as efficiency um i think the wind burner will burn as we we do tests against you know my buddy has one and then my son-in-law so I'll, you know a small uh, 100 gram canister will last him i think seven days or right at right at a week with that wind burner for my new that new jet boil that light version, mm-hmm. I think I, I think I pushed that to thirteen days. I think it's crazy efficient. Really? Yeah, I went with the yeah. jet boil and and I just you know I don't know I, I grabbed the MSR and then he was talking to me about it and then uh, the other one was the jet boil was on sale and that was another factor. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it was just I you don't know, know the, I'm starting to get into it so it's it's the, a good the jet boil does scare me because it does have you know it has the plastic base on it kind of and that always scares me you know um. I've personally never had one break, but I've seen two break in the field, but they were because of user error. You know, I mean, uh, they were dumb luck guys. You know, one of one guy tried to start a campfire with it 
you know, he leaned, turned it over and he was trying to start our fire. And there's three of us were there. We're saying like, don't do that, man. I wouldn't do that. And he's like, Oh, I've done it before. And what happened? It melted to the side of his jet ball. So it was leaning oh. really bad and he couldn't use it, you know? And I was like, yeah, told you, you know, <laughs> you know, and Sounds so like something I would do, <laughs> but you know, if you're careful with them and, and you obviously you can't, uh, you can't burn, uh, or you can't melt snow in them. You know, that's where Aaron Snyder ran into problems with them is, they get too hot for that, you know, just with that snow being so dry and interesting, but, uh, yeah, but if you just use them like you're supposed to, I've, you know, I've got two of them here. I've got the light and then I've got the older, uh, you know, jet boiled, uh, you know, that I don't have the titanium version, but the aluminum, aluminum version of the soul, which is just bomb proof. And I've had it for years. And hmm. so, yeah, I've never had one go down, but, uh, I'll have to yeah, text you which one I got because I, I don't even know which one I got. It it came in like a a package. It was a little Momo or little Mo or uh, yeah, Minimo. Minimo, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one I got. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I was but, like, you know, wonder if I made a good choice or not. But no, you did. Yeah, and I I kind of like that one because it's got it's the uh, the pot is a little bit wider, a little bit wider base, and I had I've actually had my eye on that one, and I might get that this year with my uh, REI dividend money and. <laughs> pick that one up but uh yeah that's a good one um but yeah back on the on the pack and how you keep stuff light and stuff so you know once you get your stove your sleeping bag and all that in there uh, uh, one area you know like i say guys a lot they mess up a lot is clothing you know i i basically take i'll wear you know obviously one set in that i'm hiking in with mm -hmm. and then i that pair of pants that i have on is the only pair of pants i'm going to have for five days so i you know run out of food and get brought back down to the rig so I, you know, that's it. But what I do different than most guys do, I guess, from what I hear anyway, is, and all the guys that I hope would do the same thing. Um, we wash our clothes. We have something washing every day. Hmm. And so what, what we do is, so, you know, I, I have all of my gear in bags and they're just stuff sacks that I make. You, you know, you can use, you know, see the summit dry bags or anything. But, you know, I have, if I start from the bottom of my pack, the very bottom, I have a small stuff sack that basically, it's basically like a Kaifaru pullout, zip, zippered one. Mm -hmm. And that's my kill kit. My, you know, so I have my kill kit in there. And next up is, um, would be my uh, sleeping, my sleeping pad and my uh, baby sack and my pillow. So I have, and inside that, inside that sleep system is, you know, baby sack, six ounces. I use a uh, Exped early season. I use an Exped Hyperlite, which is 12 ounces. Um, and then I use an Exped pillow, which I think is three ounces. So that's, that would be in there and zip, you know, and have it zipped in the baby sack and in a bag. Next up for that would be early season would be my sleeping bag. My, you know, be my Western mountaineering bag, one pound four. Next up from that would be my clothing. And so in my clothing, and I, I just switched over last year. I was wearing Cryptic before that. Now I'm all First Light, which I just love the First Light. Um, I, I, I ran First Light before several years ago when it first came out. I used First Light. And at that time, it wasn't that durable. I mean, we were just right. tearing the heck out of it, you know, where now it's really good stuff. So I was wearing, you know, basically I'd, I would either wear the uh, corrugate, uh, not the corrugate, yeah, corrugate guide pants, or I would wear... You know, I trade off in the trailhead. I think I had two two pairs of the Piranha Zions. I have had a dry earth one and then a kind of a, the mud colored ones. Mm -hmm. So I'd either wear those or the Corrigate Guide. 
and that'd be my only pants. But I'd take a, I had uh, like a long sleeve arrow wool, the 150 arrow wool. Then I had a, I think a 190 weight mid layer, which was the kiln, I believe. And then I had the Cyrus puffy jacket, which is a synthetic jacket. And then I used to carry two beanies, a light, um, a light merino wool beanie, then a heavier beanie, and then one pair of gloves. And so then what we do is, so when we get to our camp and we set up our stuff, wherever we're going to be for five days, then my bag that has my sleep system in it, which means my bivy sack and pad and all that, that I, once I pull that bivy sack out, that bag's empty. So that becomes my wash bag. So... Like where we hunted, most of the places we hunt, there's not water right there. You know, we like to be up on ridge tops where we can hear bugles or where we can glass for long distances, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and typically our water source might be a quarter mile away. So what I do is at the water source, I would leave that bag there. I also have, I carry like a little, it's probably like a four ounce tube, you know, the squeeze tubes, the empty ones you can buy at REI. Mm-hmm. And I, I fill that with um, sport wash. So that is my soap that I'm washing my clothes in. Hmm. So I'll leave that there. And then I also have a uh, four liter MSR, the the new clear drum dairy bag, the clear version they came out with. I haven't seen that. I have, I have that with the, they also make a shower attachment. I, I have that. So usually I'll leave all of that like at the Creek site, you know, and then we're camped a distance away. So that way, you know, I can go down, like if I'm going down to grab water, if I need to wash clothes, I'll wash clothes while I'm there. So I'll go down there. I'll fill that. It's usually, you know, the bag that I use for my, uh, for my sleep systems, probably I'd say 14 wide, maybe 22 long. So it's pretty good size. You know, I'll fill that like half full of water. I'll squeeze a little bit of sport wash in there. I'll put my shirt, you know, underwear in there and socks, whatever, you know, swirl that around and, usually I'll just zip it, you know, or I'll, I'll just cinch it off. It's usually, you know, water might be leaking out a little bit. You don't worry about it. And then I'll fill all of my water up. And then when that's done, you know, I'll just, you know, agitate those clothes a little bit more, pull them out, wring them out, rinse them off a little bit, hang them on tree limbs and, you know, leave them there. And next time I'm, you know, down to get water, I'll pick them up. And, hmm. you know, and we, we'll do the same with our shower water every day. We'll fill that shower water up. We might not shower every day, but we'll keep that full and that will lay it out in the sun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a couple of days when we want to shower, it's like, hey, we're going to head down to the creek. Or, you know, usually by midday, that water's warm and you go down there and you just have just a great shower. And that's just a game changer in the, the backcountry. You know, you get the sin off, you feel good and, and yeah. you're ready, you know. And, but uh, so that's, that's kind of what we do. And then, you Are know, you and, a, uh, a trekking pole kind of guy. Do you guys use trekking yeah, poles? Oh, yeah. I, well, I swear by them. And so to me where trekking poles are just dynamite are when you get something down. Okay. That's where the trekking poles come in for me anyway. Um, and I, you know, I used to pack in a stuff where a lot of guys will see them, you know, strapped on the side of the pack, you know, um, typically what I'll do is, you know, if it's before season, the bow strapped onto my pack and I'll use two trekking poles coming in. If it's during season, I'll use one trekking pole and have my carry my bow in one hand. Um, once I get to camp, Typically what I'll do is I always try to find, I usually set up, you know, we'll set up our tarps and stuff or whatever we're using. And then, then I go hunting around and I usually try to find a limb or something that I can cut down to the height I need for my, 
whatever I'm however set up, I've got a tarp set up and I'll replace my trekking poles. And then I just like to have my trekking poles. I'll just leave them in camp kind of stacked there. So, you know, if we get something down and you know, that's when I like to use them. Okay. But yeah, at, at that think, point, I'll pretty much leave them about, in camp. Well, I've been thinking about getting a set of trekking poles and then it's like, man, I just don't know. Cause I, I mean, I guys started using those. God, it seems like I started seeing guys use those probably five or six years ago. I'm sure yeah. I've been using them longer than that, but it seems like they started catching on here fairly recently. And it seems like all the guys that are backcountry hunters are using those now. Well, you know where they, to me, where they come in really handy is, you know, I, I think back of how many times I probably would have fell if I hadn't been using them. You know, when you're talking really technical, steep downhill, that has got shale or got, you know, just loose fine granite that's just slippery as heck and you're full packed and you're just like, Oh God, you know? I mean, you, you know, you got four points of contact versus two. It just makes total sense, you know, that or is, creek crossings. Holy cow. Creek crossing is, oh, man, they're, you know, worth the weight in gold on a creek crossing. That does make, that does make pretty good sense. So I want to kind of get into your, your tarps here. Cause when I, you know, when I hear of tarps, I'm like, guys are just sleeping on a tarp, but no, they're, they're legit. I mean, they are like a, you, you don't call them tents, but they almost seem like a tent. I mean. Yeah, some models can be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got a bunch of different models. Are you going back to Hootie this year? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm I'm going to be there yeah. too. Probably set up. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, we're gonna we're gonna try to do all three this year. I don't know if we can pull it off, but all right. It's on. hard for us to, hard for us to get that much inventory, but we try. You know, we may be able to do it. Well, I, I but, think uh, Royce bought one of your uh, kill bags, and, uh -huh. or your hanging bags, and he's like, "Dude, this is right. legit." And uh, so I'm really looking heavy and into getting one of your one of your things there. And there was one of the bigger ones. I think it was the new one that you had set up there at that time. And uh, it could sit two or three people, I think. Are you, are you talking the teepees? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We cannot keep those in stock. The, the, the popular one is the most popular one is the um, Hudson teepee. And that one for its weight to size ratio. And it's funny because... You know, I, I, I'm always trying to design new stuff and I've got, I'm, I've, I'm facing, I got my chair turned around now and that wall you're looking at, I don't know if you saw it when we were on, had, you know, the different setup there with the cameras going, um, but right to the right of my boats, you see all that pile of tarps? There's, I did. I didn't notice that. I was. I was okay, too busy at your bows. <laughs> I'll count them right now. There's two, four, six. There's exactly eight. And eight of their, and seven of those eight are prototypes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm always you know tweaking something or like oh what about this you know and so and you know, but yeah I mean as far as weights of space that Hudson TP is just I mean you cannot it's you know you're talking the latest version we're doing we revised it a little bit in 2019 we went to a waterproof zipper which allowed us not to use the not to use a flap over the zipper which. Mm -hmm. I, you know, actually, I thought it was going to come out heavier, but we actually saved an ounce. So the new version comes in at one pound seven. And, you know, you're nine foot four squared and 64 inches tall hmm. for that, for that amount of room in that dang thing. And the weight is just, you know, holy cow, you know, it's just, and, and, you know, the, the ability to put a wood stove in and it's yeah. just, you know, God. What you is know, the last uh, year, weight of a wood stove? If you're going to take one well, in. I, I, Again, um, you know, it depends on the brand. Um, I have two of them. I, the lightest one, some of the lightest stoves are the titanium goat cylinder stove, the 12 inch model. So for our teepee, you need seven feet of stove pipe. Mm -hmm. 
And I have a, a Thai goat one right here and with, with seven feet of pipe and everything. I mean, in the bag, and it's even got a pair of gloves in there. That entire system is one pound, 11 ounces. Man, I always thought it would be heavier than that. No. And I, man, it is. You talk about a game changer. Oh, my God. When it's, you know, when you're getting down in the teens or when it's raining. Oh, my God. Yeah, you just you fire up that stove or when it's snowing. <laughs> and you'd literally in 10 minutes, you can have that TP 90 degrees. I mean, and you're just, you're just living life there. You know, you're sitting there, there's nothing better than that. You know, firing that thing up and then having jet boil going a cup of coffee in there, you know, and, and you know, and, and I'll even pull my chair in there, you know, if the weather's starting to get bad and just, you know, I don't know how many times my, my buddy has one, you know, Hudson too, and we'll, you know, be set up 20 yards apart and we'll just be sitting in the teepees with the doors open. It might be just downpouring. We got the stoves going, drinking coffee, just sitting there talking back and forth, you know, and <laughs> just doesn't get any, doesn't get any better than that, you know? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, well, and and, the, and the, the ability to dry out clothing too is really good too, you know? That that would make sense. I Well, for a guy that's wanting to go, because uh, I'm, re I'm really big into the elk hunting and, and stuff. So if I was going to get one of your products and there would be like maybe two or three of us that were going and I was going to get a tarp, um, walk me through selecting one of your tarps there because I, I really am interested in getting one of those things. When I, when I come to Hoodoo this year, I'll be chatting you up, trying to figure out which one I'm going to buy. Yeah, so we, we start out with, you know, on the small and the ultralighters. And, and a lot of, I mean, we sell to a lot of backpackers also. You know, a lot of the ultralighters that do the Pacific Crest, mm -hmm. you know, they'll, they'll, they, man, those guys, you talk about, you think I'm a, a weight weenie. Those guys are freaking Graham County machines. You know, they'll, <laughs> they'll ask me if like, if they want to add an extra guy out somewhere else, they want to know exactly what that's going to weigh. You know, I mean, they're serious, you know, and it's like, well, if I do this, you know, and, and so, yeah, they're serious. But so we start out on the, the ultralight into things with a six by nine tarp. To me, that six by nine, you know, you can do so much with, you know, if, if the weather's nice, I'll set it up more like a sideways setup, you know, with just one pull in the center, pull the sides down, gives you a ton of room, or you can do, you know, one end all the way down, a, a nine foot end down, staked out on the ground and, and a kind of a, and a lean to type with a pole on each end, you know, and then you have a ton of room. Mm -hmm. The weather gets bad. I'll do a frame. I'll set maybe the front at like 30 inches high. I'll drop the back all the way down to 26 and just suck that thing down, you know, for high winds or rain. So that six by nine can do a ton. That's, that's our smallest one. And that's we bump up. for one person or two people or. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's pretty much a one man, one man thing. Okay. One man and, and it's, you know, and gear you can get, uh, you know, I've, I've been, I've, unfortunately I've pushed those six by nines to their limits. I've, I've, I did one, one hunt year before last that took an entire week of rain. I mean, solid rain all day long. Hmm. And I, I was in a six by nine the whole time. I stayed bone dry, you know, but again, I knew how, what setup I wanted and it worked fine, you know? Hmm. Um, so, you know, you start with a six by nine, the next one up, and it's probably the most comfortable for one to two guys. So your six by nine is going to weigh seven and a half ounces. Mm -hmm. The next one up is a, a tarp we call a skyline. And we pretty much designed that to run in A-frame mode. You can set it up as a flat tarp or however, but in A-frame mode. So the tarp is, it measures uh, nine foot wide, nine foot four long. Mm -hmm. And if you set that up at 48 inches tall, front and rear, you have about six feet of width in that thing. So more than enough room for two guys a year or one guy and a palace. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, hmm. And you, you have side guy out, so you can pull the sides out. 
and really balloon those sides out and just really make the darn thing spacious. But that is probably, if I had to pick one tarp that I was going to hunt all season, it would be that one. Because that thing, it just offers so much protection, so much room for the weight. And that, that you're, you're looking, you know, six by nine, seven and a half ounces, that skyline, you're looking at about 13 ounces. So not a whole lot more weight, but a ton of room. The nice thing about that one is, you know, you got the front and rear open on that, which I love because I like to, I like to run my bivy sack right against the front pole to where I can lay back and kind of look up have to look back a little bit, but I can see the stars, you know, oh, okay. the weather gets, a, weather gets a little bad. Then you want, you know, I'll suck in, I'll slide my bivy sack in another foot or so, you know? <laughs> okay. um, but the nice thing about that tarp is, you know, like when I'm coming back to camp in the dark, mm-hmm. I, I pop, I pop my pack off. I walk around to the back. I lean it against, I put it on the inside, you know, put my pack on the inside, lean it against the back trucking pole, come around to the front, you know? So it's just easy to, you know, slide my bow in and just has a lot of room and just, you know, really good setup. Hmm. Is there, so any, we go from now. Yeah. Is there yeah, any that, that are like fully enclosed where if I wanted to have a way to heat it, like with my jet boil, it would hold yeah. heat for a little bit. Well, we've got, so we got the, the skyline and we make a bigger version of the skyline called the skyline XL, which I use a lot. If I, you know, do any uh, late season blacktail, it's either going to be in a teepee or in that XL because, the XL is actually uh, nine foot four wide, and um, nine foot four wide and twelve foot long. I think it's gigantic. That is long. Hmm. Oh God, it's big. It's big. Hmm. So it's it's. I mean, literally, you can depends how you can set it up. Either way, you can set it up to where the width, you know, so you can turn it to have it really wide or really long or either way. But you can put your trekking poles as high as they go. And I think it's like 52 or 54 inches, one of the two. And you can sit up in there in an REI chair underneath that thing. And you can actually lay your bib. You can lay a bivy sack. We, our bivy sacks are seven too long. You can lay a bivy sack sideways in there and have a ton of room. Hmm. We've literally had one, one year, uh, year before last late season black toe hunting. It was, you know, rain and solid and, you know, we had, my buddy and I had our, both of our chairs in there. We had our, you know, bivy sack sideways in there and we just had so much room. We could cook in there. Just, you know, just a ton of room. That's cool. You know, and that, that one weighs about 14 and a half ounces. So then if we bump up from there, we make kind of a, a kind of a, a morph of the skyline. We have one called the raghorn, which I kind of designed for, uh, I wanted something with a little more protection and I wanted something that could really take some winds, high elevation stuff. So it, it starts out at nine foot wide, like a skyline, but it tapers down in the back to seven. Mm-hmm. And then the back, the back end is, is completely, you know, has, has a back end in it. So it's not open in the back and then the front has a beak on it. So that one can really take the high winds and it gives you a really good amount of protection. And that also is about 14 ounces. Hmm. I'd be then, really then worried we, about wind. Cause I, I, you know, well that you do as well. You, you stay on these ridge tops. Yeah. Seems like I just always seems like every time I, my luck is I always hit like a little windstorm either sooner or later. Well, it, and it, you know, like last year, what I did is, um, it, you know, I would try to position my tarps too. You know, you, once you're there for, it doesn't take very long to be up on a ridge top to know what way the wind's going to blow from. Mm-hmm. And you can pretty much position them either sideways to where if it blows, you know, it's either going to blow off the front or the back 
especially if you get a storm, it could go opposite ways, you know, position them sideways where you're going to be covered on both directions. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if it consistently blows from, let's say, you know, the back then you, you know, you can just turn your tarp just right or set the back down, you know, like a six by nine, I put the back all the way down to block that. And, hmm. Yeah. It, it actually did really well. You know, the next tarp, then we make that granite mountain, which is kind of a, you know, that one I designed is like, it's, it's different. It's not an A-frame. It's more of a morph between a teepee and a A-frame. You know, it's kind of a one man backcountry shelter has two trekking poles that hold it up. It does have a front that zips all the way down. Um, we had that at Hoodoo and that's, one of our biggest sellers. That's, that's the one that's that the Cody one I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the one that Cody uses for, from born and raised outdoors. Okay. Um, and so does uh, Steve Speck uses that one. Um, so that one there is, is one that you, you know, I, I like to do a high setup with that to where you get a little bit of ventilation under it, you know, but yet it'll still block all the rain and 90% of the wind in a high wind situation, you can drop it down and even lower and cut most of the wind, you know, so that one does a really good job at that. That one is pretty much house for one man or it'll sleep two in gear. It's, you know, pretty good size, but yet, and that one weighs, I think, 14 ounces. Mm. What's that one run? That one is a 199. Oh, okay. That's probably the one I was talking about because I, I, I yeah. saw the one that was fully enclosed. I was like, that's sick. I want that one, you know, because I, I just think about heating it up and just. Well, and, and typically the later on in the season, you know, and, you know, for me, you know, the hut, the teepees are amazing. You know, the teepees are great, but for me, I'm not going to, it depends where I'm hiked when I'm packing in, you know, there's one wilderness area we hunt where we can set a base camp literally a couple miles in and then hunt out from there, you know, for a few days before we move farther in mm-hmm. that one, I'll take a teepee and a wood stove. Cause I don't care, you know, but now, now if I'm hiking, you know, my trailheads at, you know, 3,500 feet, I'm going up to 8,000 feet and it's five miles up. I ain't taking no teepee and the wood stove. I don't care what, you know, mm-hmm. I'm either going to either going to pack that six by nine if it's early season or later in the year, I'm taking a granite. And that's pretty much what I did last year. You know, my, my son-in-law and I were both, in fact, my friend, uh, my buddy that was with us, we all ran the granites later in the season, you know, when we started to get a little bit cooler and hmm. gave us a little more protection. Six by nine, we were running the first week, you know, first week or two. And, well, with the Granite Mountain, I mean, if it's good in the late season, wouldn't it be good in the early season too, theoretically? I mean, because you're just maybe overkill, yeah. but I mean, for me, you would well, be, the nice, you'd be covered. The really nice thing about that, that setup is, you know, it has a center zip door, so you can open one door. It has a tie out for the, if you're facing it, the right side, you can tie that up. And then the left side, you can take the guy out loop around to the, the guy out behind that and, you know, all of our all the granite has line lock trees on, on the guy outs and you can sense that line lock down and basically you can open the entire front of that up hmm. and we'll use that a lot. Like when we're spring bear hunting, if, if the weather's bad, we'll try to position those shelters, you know, up on a ridge to where we can wake up and literally unzip our bivy sack and set up in our bags and run spotters out of those, you know, glasses nice. for bears. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's, that's actually, that's pretty darn cool. <laughs> uh, what, there was one, I just lost my question. I was going to ask you another question there. Oh yeah. It was floor liners. Um, do you have anything to keep you, is that even important to you? Uh, you know, I, that's a question. And, and this is where a guy's get, a guy can add a lot of weight. Uh-huh. You know, um, there's, to me, there's two ways to go. 
if you're not worried about bugs and don't care about them, you know, if you're high elevation, like, you know, spring bear, you know, we, we typically don't see any. And, and last year when we were, um, 8,000 foot, um, mule and elk deer, mule and uh, elk hunting, there really wasn't much bugs up there either, you know? So if you're not worried about that, honestly, you can just put a lightweight ground cloth down and your pad and your bag and you're good to go, you know? Mm. But I, I like to run a bivy sack, and here's why. Um, if you take – so your, most, most guys' pads are 20 inches wide. So if you take a ground cloth 24 inches wide and 7 foot long, so your pads are 6 foot long, and you usually want another foot on you know, each end mm-hmm. or another foot on total, you know, so you have a little space. So if you take a piece of Tyvek 24 inches wide and 7 foot long, it weighs about 5 to 5.5 ounces. Our bivy sacks weigh six and an eighth, and they give you way more protection than that. Not only do you have, you know, you have, you know, the bottom, which is the same material as our tarps. The top is M90, which is Momentum 90. It's waterproof and breathable. Mm-hmm. And then from the waist up, we've got, you know, the, the uh, mesh material, you know, and it's got that six-foot center leak zipper. So the reason I like to take that bivy sack is a lot of times what we will do We'll get up, be up spike somewhere and, you know, we'll get into elk and it might be a couple miles away and we'll say, you know, hey, let's just leave our spike camp here. Let's grab like a day's food. The weather is great. We know it's not going to rain because we've got 10 day forecast look great. Let's just take our bivy sacks and let's get out and let's stay on this little point right above those elk, you know, quarter mile from to where tomorrow morning we can drop right down on them when, you know. So we do that a lot. You know, we'll, we'll sometimes we'll take off for two or three days just with baby sacks and we'll just grab a couple of days of food, go, we'll leave our base camp where our main camp, right where it's at. And we've got that to come back to, but we'll go super lightweight. You know, we'll drop everything we don't need down. You know, we'll take instead of, you know, a couple, you know, I, you know, of our squeeze bag, we'll drop it down to one. We'll just tear stuff way down to where we're, you know, we're talking probably 20, 25 pound or 20, 22 pound pack with only a couple of days of food, maybe even 20 pounds. Yeah, where we can just take off and go, and that's where it, that's where it's super nice to have that baby sack when you're only talking an ounce more weight. You know, yeah, that's where they're they're just bomb proof. What and, I was... a, and a, another thing we'll do is even if we had one time where we like, okay, it's supposed to thunderstorm, you know, tomorrow night. Let's just take one tarp. There's three of us. If it does, we can set up that tarp, and all three of us fit under there. You know, we'll do that too. You know. That makes sense. Well, I struggled this year just hunting backcountry, like I said, hiking in and out of everybody. I was getting tired of like I, my spot and scope and my tripod. I don't know how much that weighed. I mean, it had to be close to 10 pounds. I mean, it was like, yeah. come on. And then so I, I, after like the third day, I was like, okay, I'm losing that. <laughs> and, you know, there's just, I kept stripping things down. I'm like, man, I yeah. never did not bring my spot and scope. I left the tripod there. I was like, just trying to cut down and like what kind of spot scope are you guys bringing in there and still in <laughs> that's funny you mentioned that so i'm the biggest weight we in the planet you know i have all that the trailhead <laughs> and stuff and so typically what i do is like last year for instance my son-in-law who is you know 29 or 30 years old and you know he, he runs marathons he's in super shape he'll pack his you know 65 millimeter spotter and his tin power binos and his tripod. And I was like, okay, I know you've got that. And we're, hunting. you know, we typically <laughs> don't hunt. To, we don't, there's, if there's three of us, none of us hunt together, you know, we'll all go, but we know where each other's going. We're within, you know, usually we have cell phones so we can text, you know, each other and stuff. Uh-huh. And a lot of times when we're spot, what we'll set up to do 
he'll walk he'll walk way around if we're in a canyon and the opposite of me to where I can glass below him, he can glass below me, and then we could we could text each other into animals, you know. So we do that a lot. Um, so basically what I would do is I'd limp out and it's like, okay, you got your spotter, you're good. I'm just taking my binos and maybe my tripod so I can, you know, gives me a little more stability. And I drop the weight of the, the, um, spotter, you know, um, and, you know, and I do have a light you know, my, uh, my tripod is, uh, is that ultralight, uh, slick one that's, I think it's pound and a half. And I, I still complain about that, you know, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I've been using but, the Vanguard tripods, and they just fall apart on me, man. Like I, I yeah, went through a couple, and and they're like sixty dollars, seventy, you know, to eighty dollars tripods. I'm like, oh, this will be. They last me about a season or two, and then the, you know, they start falling apart. It's like, gosh darn it. And uh, yeah, they're you know they're they're getting lighter, but they're not light. It's like, man, if I'm gonna start doing this, I got I'm carrying around a uh, <laughs> Leopold SX2 Kenai um, uh, spotter. That thing, yeah alone probably weighs six pounds seven pounds yeah it's like man i don't know if i if i need this spot and scope anymore <laughs> well you know i mean I, so so last year it it does burn me quite a bit because typically what for me what happens is you know i'll be glassing around and i'll pick something up and it's like man is that a bedded buck or uh -huh. not you know and i'll i'll stare at that dang thing for five minutes it doesn't move so then i'll, I'll you know i'm like well okay i'll come back to it then if it's if it's gone, obviously I know it was a buck, you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, and so, you know, those, those you spend a lot of time on because you don't know, you can't identify them where if you had that spotter, you could just rule it out right away. It's like, Oh no, that's a, yeah. you know, that's a rock or whatever, you know, it is. And yeah. yeah so that just, would save a lot of time, but it's hard for me sometimes to, you know, justify that weight. You know, I, I have 10 power binos. So mm -hmm. in most situations I can get by with just those. And, and honestly, a lot of times last year, you know, I, I would drop the tripod too, especially we had a couple of hikes. We had a couple of times that we were seven miles in and when, when we, I knew where we were going and I was like, holy cow. And it, it was a tough hike uphill the entire way. So I knew that on those, I was going to, you know, pare down that pack, man. It was just the necessity. And to me, the, the spotter was out, the tripod was out, you know, obviously the vinyls are going, but you know, I just took the minimal Yeah. when I'm doing that. So, well, I, I know what you mean. Like, I just feel like I'm, naked without my spot and scope out there because i i had a situation this year where i'm like i i was staring at this thing about 1200 yards away and i'm like man that doesn't look like a rock and i'm like and that that there's a the middle part of the rock looks like it has a crease in it and i'm like this so i stared at it for a while and then and then finally the buck scratches his butt with his with his antlers i'm like holy crap i'm looking at the back side of a deer you know I'm like yeah holy i never would have I never would have with the butt with the, my binos ever, ever spotted that. And I barely did it with my, with my, uh, spot and scope. And that just turned us into another opportunity. And it was like, well, there are some ultralight ways to go on that too, you know, which I've got d done that over the years also, you know, for, for, for binos, I, you know, again, you know, you hear people say, you know, the best you can afford. So I slowly worked my way up and I haven't, I haven't worked up the swirls yet. Mm -hmm. But I have, I have Zeiss Conquest, you know, which are good glass. Mm -hmm. And so I rely on those a lot. And then what I've done is I've, you know, I've, I've had several spotting scopes, you know, 60 millimeter, 80 millimeters that just weigh a freaking ton. Mm -hmm. So I've dropped down to a 50 millimeter Kawa. That is super lightweight. And that thing is crystal clearer. So I can usually zoom in with that. You know, I, think, I can't remember if it's 20 to 40 power. I think it is. I can usually zoom into that to identify what I need to do. 
and you know then i've got the so my you know my my uh tripod's a pound and a half my spotter's right at a pound so two and a half pounds for the tripod and the spotter that's crazy if, yeah if, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah and, and that can pretty much do you know even even spring bear hunting where we that's where we have the most problem because you know you'll be glassing along you'll see some black stump 1500 yards away they're like oh is that a bear or is it not you know and then so yeah. you you know you need to identify it otherwise you're spending so much time just staring at it you know instead of moving <laughs> on and well, luckily with but, bears, uh, they, uh, they move so much. You just stare at it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I have, I had one years ago. I literally looked at this darn thing for 10 minutes, mm. totally ruled it out. And I was getting, I was getting up, starting to walk and I glanced back up to where it was before and it, it moved. I'm like, what the heck? And I threw my glass back on it and a freaking black bear was sitting there the whole time that, that I thought was a stump. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. So. No, I, di I didn't have a spotter. I was just, you know, just with glass. So that's probably if I had a spotter, I would have seen it right away. But anyway, well, but, that, you know, I mean, so there are ways to pare even that weight down to where you can make it usable. If again, you know, you just gotta, you gotta be careful and, you know, shop right. And, you know, well, as you can afford things bump up and. Right. Right. Well, is it, is a guy that has done this quite a bit what would be a thing that you wouldn't bring that you see guys bring all the time and then also what is what is some of your literally i will not go if i don't have this well i mean to me you know your most important items to me that are that you need are you know obviously a solid pack because mm -hmm. this is the thing i see guys doing i don't know how many times i'll see guys in the backcountry with you know, hokey day packs or, you know, basically, uh, REI type packs on mm -hmm. and they have, they have no plan what they're going to do if they drop something, you know, and you ask them about it and they're like, Oh, we got pack rings back at the rig. Well, yeah, your rig is freaking four or five miles, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and you might as well, if you're going to walk back four or five miles, you might as well take a load with you. And how you, what's your plan on that? You know, that you'll just see them, you know, with a day pack or, you know, something like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, to me, the most important thing is a good solid pack before if you're in that far, you know, you're not only can you carry it out, but you can carry it out comfortably. You know, that's the number one item for me. The number two is the sleep system. I have seen so many people. I can't tell you how many people go in last one night and they're out of there because they're just froze their butts off. You know, they, they come in with the, you know, to me, it's, it's not only is the sleeping bag important to me, one of the most important things is what you have under that sleeping bag, that pad. That's I've seen guys that, you know, I've seen guys in zero degree bags, but they're on, you know, a, like a, a little Z light, you know, enclosed foam, the hard cell foam thermorests that have an R value of less than two, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like 25 at night. Well, God, that cold's coming right up to the ground. And even though they got a zero degree bag, they freeze their butts off and they're gone. They're literally the next day they're, they're out of there, you know? Hmm. And so, you know, to me, you know, if you get, it's like building the house, you know, you got to have that thing insulated before you move in. And that's same with your sleeping bag. Before you move in that thing, I want, you know, I want a good R value pad, you know? So I might run the first week of season. I might run like an Xped Hyperlite that has an R value of three, 3.2. Because mm -hmm. I know it's not going to be that cold, but once that second week hits, I switch that out to my Exped Winter Light that has an R value of five, and it only weighs three ounces more. But I've got an R value of five that's good down to below zero, you know. And to me, 
that helps build my system because I'm running a 32 degree bag. And even though, you know, Western mountaineering bags are way overbuilt, I can take a face layer and be in that 32 degree bag. I've been in it in the low twenties and been totally warm. And I think that's because I have that R, R value underneath me to block that out. You know, to me, that's the basis to a good sleep system is you got to have that high R value pad. And then you can, you can, you can push the, limits of those bags a little bit more than, you know, that makes sense. I sleep in my, my hunting clothes. I'll sleep in either my next change of hunting clothes a lot of times. And yeah, that for me, I don't know. I, I have no problem with it. Some guys are like, that's weird. I'm like, I have no problem sleeping in my clothes, man. <laughs> like, so I, after I, after I blew up my, uh, um, $200 sped pad last year, a year, I hiked out and came back in with, uh, I had the, the brand new REI flash, which I'd never even tried before. And it was the all season one. It has an R value of five. And I thought, you know, I blew that thing up and it was, I got, I got back into camp. It was like 10 at night, you know, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to freeze my butt off in this thing, you know, cause I just didn't trust it. Mm-hmm. I crawled in my bag and I laid down and I mean, I could just instantly feel that warmth. And I was like, Oh my God, this might be all right. And it <laughs> turns out to be, now it's one of my favorite pads. I mean, I was, I was in, you know, some low teens in that thing and it was toasty warm, you know? So, hmm. Well, I, yeah, I mean, or go ahead. You know, to me that, you know, that's, I see guys fail more doing that than anything is not building a proper sleep system. You know, that would make sense. I mean, if I'm absolutely miserable and I'm not getting any sleep, then you're, you're mentally drained. I mean, it's just a slippery slope. Oh, you're, you're worthless. You know, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many guys that I've, I have, we had one guy spring bear hunting froze and it, it snowed when we were in there, snowed like two, three inches. And there's five of us. We were just, you know, build a campfire. We we're toasty warm. This guy lasted one night and it was five miles out of there. He had to hike in the snow and he was just, he was done. He froze his butt off. He was done, hmm. you know, and, and that was one he had a, like a R value of two pad and he had a good 20 degree bag, you know, like this is an R not an R a Kelty, uh, can't remember which Kelty it was, but it was her down 23 bags. She had a good bag. And it wasn't that cold. It was below freezing, but not that cold. But that pad, I think, you know, that was what did it for him. It just, he froze his butt off. And he literally was, you know, we had a seven-day hunt, and he was out the first day. He was done. Really? You know, Man, that yeah. And, yeah. You know, but it's, it's again, guys overlook that. They, they you know, they, they tend to put more emphasis on the bag than the pad. And the pad is the most important because, you know, you that cold comes up through the ground you're screwed i don't care what bag you have hmm. well is there uh as, as we're going to wrap this thing up here jimmy is there anything else that you want to add for a guy that's looking to get into it before uh before we wrap this thing up no you know i i think it's like i said you can you can do it reasonable for your first uh you know few years and then you slowly upgrade everything like all of us have done you know i've done it over the years and then you know and it's and, and you'll make some mistakes everybody does you know i've i've made them i've had things fail and you know, you learn from that and that's just the way it goes. And, you know, but, uh, it's, it's, I think the, the most important thing is buy a skill right away and then do some sort of spreadsheet when you're, you know, when you're buying something, you know, read the reviews, try, you know, have a price point, but try to look at the weight as much as possible. And, and, you know, you, you can get in stuff, you know, you can get in something for four to 500, get some, you know, pack and you know some backcountry gear used and then be pretty darn comfortable out there and yeah i mean you don't you don't have to 
it would not spend 10 grand, you know? <laughs> no, no. And it makes, it would make sense for me if I'm going to go, you know, eight, 10 miles deep or whatever you guys are doing, I'm going to go try that stuff before I go out there, even if it's just in the backyard or, you know, like for me, I'd, I'd want to know before I go, if, if something's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to say that, didn't you? Oh my God. That's, that's what any responsible person would do. But I'll tell you what, I have made that mistake, I think, twice. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. And so, you know how I told you when you know I did Backpacker Magazine and I pretty much rely on the Editor's Choice Awards? Uh-huh. So, a few years ago, um, they, they gave an Editor's Choice Award to a CETA Summit pad that they used 147 days that they just loved. All of the guys, you know, at, you know the testers at REI raved <laughs> about this pad. So, I thought, well, they've tested the heck out of it. I don't need to. So, I bought it and took it out on a seven day spring bear hunt hmm. that particular year we were as we always are at 7,000 foot it was freaking one of the coldest years I've ever seen huh. and I had my 32 degree western mountaineering bag you know I froze my butt off that entire week I could and I could literally at night I could feel that cold coming up from the bottom and I was oh my god and I just had to I mean, what can you do? You know, I'm, I'm there, I'm going to hunt, I'm not leaving, but I mean, I had the most miserable nights I've ever had in my life. And you know, that was the best lesson for me. The guys in camp that were for me, that were just thrashing the crap out of me. Cause I'm the guy that usually tests everything, you know, yeah. and it was like, Oh yeah, you freaking your butt off. I mean, how was, how was last night? You know, <laughs> I was like, Oh God, you know, I just had to just, you know, what can you do? But it was a good lesson for me, even though it's got an editor's choice award on it. I'm, now I test them ahead of time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that just totally makes sense. And that's, that's, <laughs> I mean, for me, sleep would be king. Cause if somebody snores or something like that, like I will sleep in well, the it, truck. I, you know, it I would, don't care. yeah, it wouldn't have been bad as bad if it had been warm days to where you could, you know, lay out in the sun a little bit, but yeah. God, it was one of, it was one of those years to where you literally, we had a campfire going all day long as we're glassing. You couldn't be away from that fire for more than an hour. It was just hail force winds and just, mm. Man, it was just cold, you know. That would be that would be tough. And it was early season. We were in there like April fifteenth, you know, and <laughs> it was God, it was cold, and it just made things bad. I had a I had a tough week. <laughs> That's funny. I'm really looking but, forward to seeing you again this June, man. Because I just yeah, I can't wait to see you. And, uh, and uh, we'll have to get you and your crew on onto the podcast. Yeah, just, that w- that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, Jimmy, I really appreciate you coming onto the show. Do you want to get people a um, a place where they can go to go check you out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have a, actually a, a brand new website. It's been up for about a month now, and it's uh, www.jimmytarps.com. And we got everything on there, and we're going to uh, be working on some YouTube videos for setup videos and just different gear videos. Probably be working on that pretty soon. That's kind of my, my winter project, but yeah. And we uh, have a uh, we'll have another new uh, TP coming out uh, probably spring, and I'm, I'm kind of working on another shelter that's going to be maybe uh, – a one man shelter. I'm on prototype number. I don't know what it is, three or four. And <laughs> hopefully I'm getting closer, but uh, yeah. that might, that could be out in the spring too. So, but yeah, well, you have a, you uh, have an Instagram channel uh, too. Yeah, we, yeah, we do uh, we have Instagram. And uh, so I, I'm on Facebook and Instagram quite a bit, you know, and answering questions and stuff. And just, I try to stay fairly active on there. And uh, my son in law is always doing the, everything else he's doing our Twitter and all that stuff too. But uh I, I try to be on Facebook and Instagram a lot. I like checking out everybody's stuff on there. And- yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I just, uh, I, I'll put all that stuff down. I'll put links to your stuff down in the show notes. So if you guys are wanting to go check out your stuff or have questions, I'm sure you're going to, 
maybe get a few questions after this and, and, uh, yeah, you know, you're just, you're a knowledgeable guy, man. So it'd be nice to get people's questions answered. So I really appreciate you coming on to the show. And, uh, uh, man, I, I appreciate you asking Garrett. Uh, you guys have a really good thing going there and a great podcast. So we appreciate the invitation. We really do. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Well, let's, uh, let's hit up, uh, together. It, it maybe, uh, who do we can go shooting and, and, uh, yeah. talk more about your tarps. <laughs> that would be fun. All right. We'll, see, we'll you, see you then probably. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. Alrighty, everybody. That's this episode of the podcast. I hope you guys got as much out of it as I did talking to Jimmy. He's such an awesome guy to talk to and uh, really look forward to having him on the show in the future. If you guys can, leave me a five-star review on iTunes. It's a free way. only takes a second to support the podcast, and we need all the reviews we can get. Five-star is the max that you can give. And uh, if you want to go even farther than that and you and you have some budget to, to support the podcast, patreon.com slash on point podcast any amount gets you in on the exclusive access to the show and we're constantly sweetening the pot with giveaways and i just want to make sure that you're getting the max value for for the money there you can do a dollar a month you can do five dollars a month what whatever you want to do to help help the podcast grow would be amazing so as always guys appreciate you listening and i'll see you on the next one bye